This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. While Republicans are celebrating the reversal of Roe v. Wade, Democrats are urging voters to take action at the polls. And it's a message that's already resonating with some of you. The Supreme Court that only has a 27 percent confidence rating now is saying that they're competent, but the court that had a high rating 50 years ago was incompetent. Both making a decision on the same issue of justice in the Constitution. For so many of my friends who, as they move down the ballot, write off or don't mark on the judicial elections because they don't think they're important to them, we need to be really paying attention to our judiciary candidates as they bubble up onto higher positions. It would only be fair that the Supreme Court justices were elected by popular vote for a period of four years. I mean, what's the point of just joining together and everybody going home and nothing happening after these protests? What is the point? We need to do more than just show up, chant some words, and then everybody goes home and we move on with our lives. The men and a few women who make these decisions based on their own narrow religious worldview, uh, they all have women in their lives who've had abortions, sisters, daughters, mothers, friends, close colleagues. You know, they all know someone who's, who's had an abortion, but they're so judgmental. They're so close-minded. If you're opposed to abortion, simply don't have one. But don't impose that belief on me. So what can Democrats do to protect abortion rights at the federal and state levels? And what will their strategy mean for the Illinois primary tomorrow in midterm elections across the country in November? Well, joining us now to discuss is Lynn Sweet, columnist and Washington Bureau Chief of the Chicago Sun-Times. Great to have you here in studio. Nice to meet you, Lynn. And nice to meet you in person. And Finally. to everyone who's listening, it is really terrific uh, to, as part of our partnership with the Sun-Times and WBEZ, to be in person yes. at the lovely Navy Pier Studios <laughs> And I haven't been here, as as you just said, Sasha, I'm based in Washington, and the spectacular Navy Pier in Chicago, yeah. what the I The view is pretty nice. It, the view, the <laughs> lake, it's a stunning day today. It really showcases the beauty of yeah. Chicago's lakefront. But we're here to do some business. We're here to do some business. Uh, we're here to talk about something that's been on the minds of many for the last three days. How are you processing the uh, decision from the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, since we knew it was coming, the uh, surprise factor was up because the draft was leaked. Yeah. It was just a matter of when. It was a matter of when, and we knew that the court was coming to an end of its session. So, uh, you know, so this is here. So nothing, everything actually has unfolded predictably since then. Democratic uproar. Republicans taking a victory lap. Yeah. Well, what what was different about the opinion that was released Friday compared with the? Uh, the I'm release? not sure. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. The people who uh, who have scrubbed it saw some key passages different. And boy, is there a lot to scrub? It's quite thick. Well, the opinion that came down is in the version I looked at, and depending on the PDF, I looked at a 213 page yeah. uh, version. But it doesn't matter. Here's let's keep our eye on the ball. Whether or not and how the draft opinion changed the final is what we could say for our Tamudic level discussion yeah. on that because this decision is what is here now. And uh, the bottom line is, as you've been discussing on the show and I heard on uh, some previous guests. Yeah. Well, speaking of previous guests, we discussed earlier, Lynn, 
how anti-abortion rights supporters successfully pushed the courts to the right and uh, influenced the Republican Party to take on their cause. How come abortion rights activists haven't found the same success? Well, they were not a single issue. So there were, it's a, there's always been a more uh, broader agenda among Democrats and the base. Uh, women's rights, abortion rights, gay rights uh, that has trans uh, that has uh, evolved into LGBTQ, and I, forgive me if I'm missing one on it, but in all seriousness, the Democratic agenda had more things in the basket. The rise of the right started with almost its sole focus on abortion, yeah. from grassroots to legal challenges to massive uh, fundraising on this. So the question I would think so many people may be asking now is why didn't the Democrats, when they held the White House, when they held House and Senate, why didn't they just make into federal law the abortion provisions that were struck down? And the answer is there weren't enough Democrats to do it. I know that sounds maybe confusing to our listeners, but you have never had a hot-button issue as hot as abortion. And among Democrats who represent areas where abortion rights may conflate with their Republican opponent in the swing district. But here is the other point when I sometimes try to do, as in my column, decoder, we are where we are. And we know that the rise of the anti-abortion forces did so well because they also focused just on the legal challenge. They never, they, they had some success, of course, through the years in what is called the Hyde Amendment, named after a former Illinois congressman, Henry Hyde, to make sure that federal funds were never used for abortion. And mm-hmm. Democrats went along with that to keep peace among themselves. And it, when... When you had a court made up of who you haven't made up, uh, short of having that law, this stuff in place, you kind of knew what may be coming. Yeah. Well, after the ruling came out Friday, uh, President Joe Biden was very quick to address the court's decision. Vice President Kamala Harris responded to the news during her visit here in Illinois on Friday as well. Here's a little bit of what they had to say. We need to restore the protections of Roe as law of the land. We need to elect officials who will do that. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. With your vote, you can act, and you have the final word. So this is not over. Is their messaging effective? I don't know. It's too soon. And Vice President Harris made those remarks in Plainfield, Illinois, on Friday. There is nothing you could do at the moment. When you say the fight's not over, you're really talking about the midterm. We in Illinois have a primary tomorrow. That's not what she was talking about Mm -hmm. uh, uh, on this. And the big, big issue in the midterm is can Democrats take the House? Can Democrats take the Senate again? And the abortion ruling has... If you want to get into it now, that's where the political ramifications are, though. There's basically a bleak outlook because even if Democrats keep the House and Senate, which, as I speak, is a long shot, 
the idea that they would be able to pass legislation codifying abortion rights is still going to be tough, given that you have no guarantee that you would have all 50 Democratic senators, if that's what the Senate remains on it. You know, there seems to be, um, just thinking of of, of the Democrats, uh, there seems to be a larger disconnect between Democratic leaders and their supporters. Some voters have expressed frustration with um, the lack of action on abortion rights, um, other issues too, like gun control. Let, um, let me. Where do you get this from? Now, I say this with all respect, looking at you, so people, you know, I'm I'm being a little provocative here. Yeah. But we're. I'm smiling at Sasha. I hear this too from the left, and it's not true. Biden just passed and signed into law the first gun control legislation in years. Is it everything Democrats wanted? No. But you're saying uh, they're more aligned than. Is being reported. I no, it is being reported. It is absolutely reported. I hear this from the far left that where are they? Well, they're trying. It's not read read all the bucket list that was in the Build Back Better. Uh, who hasn't read about uh, efforts among Democrats, especially when you talk about immigration? Yeah. Who invented the Dreamer movement? Do you know? I could tell you, Senator Dick Durbin. He one day in his office. A young woman came in who I think was at Loyola and DePaul and realized that to get whatever she was trying to do to sign up for school or student aid, uh, she needed to be a citizen. And all of a sudden he realized she wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment the dream movement was born. Okay, yeah, it's not like people aren't trying. It's not like, uh, you know, the answer is arithmetic. You need 50 senators on most issues, on many issues, 60 on others. Uh, I just don't get where whoever you're quoting, your anonymous griper, where do they think that the Biden administration isn't trying? You could say they're not effective, but it isn't true that these things are not on the agenda. They are. I want to get back to the primary, which is tomorrow, which we've mentioned. Do you expect that this reversal of Roe is going to drive more voters to the polls? No, because it's a party primary. Okay. And if I could be useful to everyone listening who has not voted yet, in Illinois, you just pick a ballot for a, a party, and you can only pick one. So if you're in a Repub- if you're Republican and you pick a Republican ballot, your choice is among Republicans. And there is no local race that I know of where you have an anti-abortion Democrat who is in a serious contention. The exception is an Illinois one in Congress, uh, Reverend Chris Butler, is the rare anti-abortion uh, Democrat running. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have not, and uh, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it is my impression that in, in the state house and state Senate races, I don't think we have any abortion rights Republican running where this issue will be uh, mm-hmm. defining. You know, thinking uh, of Democratic challenges, though, I, I'm, I'm concerned about that low approval ratings that President Biden yes. has right now. High inflation yes. seems to be knocking him down as well. We're getting closer to these midterm elections that we brought up earlier in November. Are you expecting that Democrats will ramp up their offense right, in key races? Well, they'll... Maybe they, by focusing on abortion. Here, here's, here's the uh, bittersweet part of this, of this abortion ruling coming down, Sasha, is that Democrats didn't have a lot going for him, going into the midterms. Everything you said plus more. That's true. COVID, inflation, the war in Ukraine, uh, g- 
gasoline price. Yeah. If there's one economic indicator that everyone understands, that's it. You know, we could talk about unemployment rates, other numbers. People drive by their gas stations, see the price. So uh, in terms of a motivating factor, a to get people who are low-propensity voters out, who, if you get them, might be Democrat or Republicans. Remember, the fury is on the Democratic side because they lost something. Usually in politics, the party that lost something can mobilize over it easier than somebody who gains something. Right, And that's what I think you're talking about. And I do think we will see that in local and national races, especially in Illinois in the governor's race. Could that strategy also help Republicans? Well, not in Illinois, I don't think, because the uh, now that we have abortion on the table, yeah. swing voters, particularly females, uh, are going to be the sought-after group. We, we say this almost every election, but this time I say it with more certainty because abortion is an issue that I'm guessing, we don't have data yet, haven't gone out and talked to people, but I'm guessing will be a priority because it's something that women had a choice two weeks ago and don't now. So maybe you think the Democrats are wrong in their approach to inflation, keeping gas prices low, how they handle COVID, et cetera, taxation policies. But uh, women know that in that if they they might have lost something. In Illinois, though, because of this uh, abortion rights state yeah. we have and the governor and all the leaders, uh, things in Illinois for the women who live here will not change. And as I'm sure you've been reporting, yeah. Illinois is braced to become uh, a state welcoming people who need that. A, women a who safe need haven, they yes. say. Yeah, That's Lynn Sweet, columnist and Washington Bureau Chief of the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you for joining oh, us in thank studio. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.